I'm Charles Christoph Carter. And I'm Ellen Carter. We'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of Serial Dreadfuls, your place to find thrilling original content spanning everything from dark historical fiction to science fiction, horror, adventure, and the supernatural. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast provider of choice. Every review helps the show. Thank you. In our last episode, while waiting for Holly's anesthesia to wear off, Lee thought back to some of the events that led her to that moment, including her now estranged relationship with her father. Holly's surgeon, Dr. Rawlings, informed Lee that Holly's body had suffered more damage than she had first been told, and that they were taking a wait-and-see approach to her recovery. And now, without further ado, the next episode of The Seal of Solomon by Charles and Ellen Carter. Listener discretion is advised. later, Lee sat bolt upright in Holly's bed. She listened. There was a knock on the apartment door. She was still groggy with sleep as she glanced at her wristwatch. It was 11 a.m. She'd been asleep for almost five and a half hours. The knock came again. For a moment, she thought of the repeated knock she'd heard the day the cops had come to tell her Holly had been shot. She listened as the knock came a third time. This knock was softer and less insistent than the officer's. Finally, she pulled herself off of the bed and walked out of Holly's bedroom and down the hall to the front door. Who's there? Lee, it's me, Lottie. Lee slid the round metal disc to one side and looked through the peephole. She could see her friend standing in the hall outside. She released both locks and opened the door and Lottie slipped inside. She secured the locks again. Lottie threw her arms around her neck and hugged her hard. Oh, Lee, is the princess all right? I came up last night when I got home from work. Mrs. Washington down the hall told me what had happened. You know how news travels in this building, especially bad news. They had to rush her into surgery, but she made it through. There is a possibility she may be paralyzed. Oh, my God, paralyzed. It hit her spine? Lee told her what the doctor had said. Does she know? No, not yet. I'm going to wait to tell her. She might be all right. Lottie changed the subject abruptly. You look like you just woke up. I did. Girl, you look like hell. I didn't sleep well, and I had such weird dreams. Not that I can remember any of them. You can't remember what you were dreaming about? I think you're losing it. Lee laughed in spite of herself. She had always liked Lottie's frank manner. Thanks a lot. Would you like something cold to drink? 
Sure. Lee went into the kitchen. Lottie followed as far as the kitchen doorway. She stood there as Lee filled two glasses with ice and poured a can of soda into each. Why don't we go into the living room, she suggested, handing Lottie her soda and then leading the way down the narrow hallway. They sat down on the couch. The weatherman said that there hasn't been a heat wave like this since 1883. Do you think this weather's ever going to break? Nobody can sleep. Everyone's outside, Lottie said as she touched the cold glass to her forehead. God, I hope so. I hate weather like this. John used to say that I made him too hot when I laid close to him. He'd sleep on the couch when it got like this. She dropped her head and looked into her glass and added, But that seems like a lifetime ago now. Too hot, huh? Lottie quipped. Lee looked up at her. Lottie raised one eyebrow and Lee smiled. Yes, that's what he used to say. You have insurance, don't you? Lottie said, changing the subject again. Only the basic plan. That's all they'll pay for at the store. John had a better plan. That's why I never changed mine. When he died, I couldn't afford to. Well, will it cover Holly's medical bills? It'll cover the hospital stay and $500 worth of prescriptions, but that still leaves $85,000 that it costs for the surgical specialist they had to bring in, and then she'll need home care and rehabilitation. What are you going to do? Lee leaned forward, resting her forearms on her thighs, holding her glass in both hands. I don't know. I was thinking about trying to find another job, but the home care and rehabilitation therapy would take more than I could ever earn from two jobs and then some. I heard they have a good benefit plan at the supermarket. Maybe you could get hired on there part-time. Holly's condition would be pre-existing. I doubt that they would cover her. And even if they did, I'd still have to pay someone to watch Holly. I'd be right back in the same boat. Girl, you're bad off enough to try and get welfare. I don't want to do that. Well, you've got to do something. I heard for some white people, they'll even pay their mortgage. You're white. Maybe they'll pay for the whole thing. Lee never thought about color. She didn't see Lottie as black or herself as white. But the truth was that other people saw them as that, and Lottie was probably right. She might get more from welfare because she was white. Welfare, Lee groaned. I don't want to get hooked into that whole thing. Look. You have to do something before Holly gets out of the hospital. I know, I know, Lee said in a thin, wavering voice. She stared at the living room floor for a long time before she finally lifted her head, looked at Lottie and said, Wasn't there someone who loaned you some money when your brother got hurt in that car accident last year? Yeah, Lottie's eyebrows furrowed. I'm still paying him back. Is he a loan shark? The term he uses is money lender but you don't want to get involved with him. You don't want to even think about going in that direction. Lee studied her friend's face, trying to discern why she was so adamant. That unusually pretty face seemed tense. The carefully arched eyebrows were still furrowed. Lottie's brightly colored fingernail scratched at her brown arms in obvious nervous agitation. The contrast of the hot pink nails against Lottie's skin made Lee wonder why a woman as pretty as Lottie wasn't a model. At five feet ten, she had the height, and she certainly had the look. What's wrong, Lottie? Wrong? Nothing. Nothing. I just know there has to be a way to solve your problem without involving Anthony. 
Anthony? Is that his name? Forget I said it. You don't want to even think about him. Are his interest rates that high? His interest rates are more than most people want to pay. She shook her head. Let's just drop it and talk about Holly. I am talking about Holly. You're not going to let this go, are you? It can't hurt to talk to him, can it? And if I think his interest rates are too high, I don't have to borrow the money, right? Can't you talk to him for me or just introduce me to him? Lottie looked at her intently for a few moments and then finally said, Sure, if I see him around, I could tell him you'd like to talk with him. I'll say it's business. Lee watched Lottie as she took a long, slow sip of her soda and stared out the window. So when are visiting hours, Lee? The conversation about Anthony was over. Lee glanced at her watch and said, They start at one thirty. Would you like to come with me to see her? I'd love to, but I have a slew of appointments at the shop. You know how Saturdays are. But I can stop by after I finish with my last customer. Tell the princess for me that I'll bring her a Barbie doll to add to her collection. But tell her it's going to be one of color. Lee smiled. I think she'll like that. Would you like me to bring something to eat when I come? I can stop by the chicken house and pick up some chicken wings and french fries, or something else if you don't want that. Instead of chicken wings, how about a burger with those fries, Lee said with a laugh. You got it, girlfriend. I'll see you around 4.30 or 5. Thanks, Lottie. Thanks for what? For being such a good friend. Oh, come on. You'd do the same if it were me. You know you would. And as a friend, I'm going to give you a little advice. You should really think hard about finding another way around this situation besides Anthony. You know, welfare isn't really that bad. Think about it. But in the end, if you decide you really want to talk to him, then I won't say anything more about it. Lee nodded. Okay. Lottie finished her soda. I hate this weather. Have you heard the weather report? Do you know if it's going to change? No, I haven't caught the news today. Well, I gotta get my ass down to the shop. I'll see you in Holly soon. Tell her I said hi. I will. Lee picked up the two glasses and walked Lottie back up the hall to the front door and gave her a kiss on the cheek as she left. When Lee went back to the living room, she glanced around at the sparse furniture, a couch, a second-hand chair, and a coffee table, two small end tables, a lamp, and a used television. She didn't have much to show for the five years she'd spent on Camden Street. John was dead, and now Holly was seriously injured. Bills that she couldn't even fathom lurked somewhere ahead of her. She had no way of paying them on her salary, and there was no one to help her. Lee walked into the bathroom and turned on the cold water in the shower. She stripped off her clothes, climbed into the tub, and pulled the plastic curtain. Maybe the cold water would help her sort out her thoughts, help her to look at her options. As it rushed over her head, the water that ran down her arms and legs turned warm from the latent heat trapped within her hair. After several minutes, the water was cold and refreshing. She thought about what she would do. Welfare wasn't an option, not for her. God had given her good health and a quick mind, and she wasn't going to let either go to waste. She had her pride, and she wasn't about to ask the state for a handout. One thing her father had impressed upon her as she was growing up was that you stand on your own two feet. When you accepted a handout, you lost your rights, because you'd given up control of your life to whoever was giving you the handout. You allowed them to make all your decisions for you. 
Even though she didn't share her father's contempt for people who went on welfare, she didn't want him to think of her that way. Her father was the reason she hadn't taken Holly and gone back to Oakwood when John was killed. Even now, with Holly in such bad shape, she didn't want to call her father. The thought of returning home wasn't an option. She didn't want to give him the satisfaction of seeing her run back home with her tail tucked between her legs. It would be like saying he'd been right all along. And he hadn't. She couldn't stand the thought of being like him and living the rest of her life in some place she hated. It was going to be hard work, but she had never been afraid of hard work. Borrowing the money from a moneylender was the only choice she could see. No bank would ever give her a loan. She had no collateral and no credit rating. It didn't take a psychic to tell her what was bothering Lottie as she spoke about the money Anthony had loaned her. She was sure Lottie didn't like being in debt. Lee didn't like debt any more than the next person, but at the moment it was the only way she could see around the situation. Whatever she had to do, she would do to make the payments. Whatever interest he charged, she would pay it. Lee had a full-time job, and she wasn't worried about Anthony having to send some goon around to break her legs. She intended to pay him back every last cent, principal and interest. She must be making more than Lottie, and Lottie was paying him back. Lee finished showering, turned off the water, and pulled the curtain aside. She grabbed the bath towel and wrapped it around her. Just as she stepped out of the shower, she thought she heard something. She walked out of the bathroom, into the living room, and up the hall to Holly's room. Nothing was out of place anywhere. She shook her head. She couldn't rid herself of the feeling that someone was in the apartment with her, though she knew that was impossible. Maybe Lottie was right. Maybe she was losing it. She smiled, shrugged, and walked back down the hall to the living room. She picked up the telephone and dialed Lottie's number at the beauty parlor. The phone rang several times before someone answered. Lamar's beauty parlor? Yes. Could I speak with Lottie, please? And now, a preview of our next episode. Holly's surgeon, Dr. Rawlings, is a widower who has never gotten over his wife's tragic and unexpected death. What is it about Lee that suddenly makes Rawlings picture a new life and future with his young single mother? Join our Patreon site and become a dreadnought. For only $3 a month, you'll receive early access to free episodes, exclusive periodic content such as ghost notes and commentaries by the writers of Serial Dreadful's original series, exclusive access to Season 2 of each series as those episodes are released, as well as access to the entire back catalog of all episodes in our various series as our podcast goes forward. All this for less than a cup of coffee from you-know-who. Face it, folks, you're not going to get a better deal for original content anywhere. So go ahead and click the link in the show description now to become a dreadnought and aid in the conversion of the uninitiated masses.